That was awesome. That was so great. (laughs) You're listening to Two Ghouls Watch Cartoons, the podcast where two ghouls, that's us, watch cartoons. My name is Evan. And my name is Alex, and that was my first time hearing that, and I absolutely loved it. Thank you for that surprise. That was great. I love when you do a little remix to our theme song. That's perfect. It is. It's Two Ghouls Watch Cartoons. We are in the month of October. Real good month for animation. Halloween, there's like any syndicated show I feel like has a Halloween episode. Would you agree? I would agree. And today we're going to be going over one of the most syndicated of all time. So yeah, we're doing a bit of a themed month this year. It's going to be, I don't know, Spooktober? No, no that yeah. sounds lame. He just came um, up with that name. All right. <laughs> Zar didn't go for my pitch of Scoobtober. <laughs> That's a little teaser. All right. Look, today we are covering the live action Scooby-Doo movies, Scooby-Doo, and Scooby-Doo 1 and Scooby-Doo 2, which are new on Netflix. Evan wanted to do a second podcast later this month about more Scooby-Doo. And I was like, look, I love Scooby-Doo, but I think we could fit it all in one episode. So here we are. Today we are covering, we are talking mostly about the live action, but we're going to be talking about all of Scooby-Doo because this is a very, well, this is like a long-standing show. You know, I should have looked this up. How long has just Scooby-Doo, the intellectual property, been around? Do you have the answer to that? I don't, but let's do a quick deep dive. Fast Mystery. forward. We're going to edit right to yeah. us yeah. finding the answer. It's classic. Any child who's ever watched television ever has seen at least one episode of Scooby-Doo. Here's the thing, though. I, growing up, really had no love I, for Scooby-Doo. I, I knew you were going to say some shit like was, this. Because when it came on Cartoon Network, whatever it was on, is always taking up the airtime of shows I liked better, like Dexter's <laughs> Lab or whatever else was more you were recent. You about the airtime? I was not a picky child. I watched what was on at the time. Dexter's Lab is good. Ed, Ed and Eddie was good. I don't think you liked Ed, Ed and Eddie either. Okay, but hey. this was one show. Yeah, I knew that. Okay, this was such a classic show because to me, like, there's so many iterations of it. And this was such a good show. I would, like, at Blockbuster as a kid, get the, like, VHSs, the Scooby-Doo movies as a kid, like (laughs) Fire Island. That's not one. That's like a whole different (laughs) scam going on. But they had all sorts of different island ones. And so what I really enjoyed about the first Scooby-Doo live action movie is they literally go to Spooky Island and it's like a tongue in cheek. It's like a theme park. But that is so traditional to just like the Scooby-Doo lore of like them going to an island that is haunted. (laughs) Yeah. Live action movie came out in 2002. So for your viewing purposes today, the movies are out now both on Netflix. They're streaming now. Prior to that, they were on HBO Max. So I watched them prior to October. And then just to refresh my memory before this record, 
went back and watched them again. And I don't know. I feel like I just gained this weird appreciation for Scooby-Doo, taking in all the Scooby-Doo content. Thank you. Oh, then I watched Scoob, the most recent animated <laughs> Scooby-Doo. I started fired up an episode of, what's it called? Scooby-Doo... The Mystery Incorporated, that's what it was called, from 2010, which is apparently widely considered the best take on the character in its long run. And there have been tons and tons of iterations of this character, like we said earlier. There's What's New Scooby-Doo. So I'm getting something here that Scooby-Doo is dated back to 1969. Mm -hmm. So it's been around for a while, but so just the dynamic, it's a group of friends and a dog, a talking dog. I think that's the best part is Scooby's a talking dog and they solve mysteries. They're like an international mystery solving gang. So <laughs> I don't know. It sounds weird because they call themselves detectives, but they have no formal education. Like they were never police officers. This is something I came to the realization of today is they don't really solve mysteries in the way of a typical detective story. They just chase monsters around and yeah. then the end of, of Scooby-Doo the 2002 movie a lot of these they're just like fighting essentially the the, mo the monster or villain at the end and they unmask them they're a bit like funny. monster hunters someone yeah. calls them when there's like a supernatural problem much like the hit tv show supernatural there's mm -hmm. an issue and they get called but in the old serialized show it's normally a real life aspect and it's someone usually in a mask <laughs> it's like how did they do all these supernatural things and while that is fun, like I liked that the movie, it was like a real stake because if it was just like some old creepy guy, but they still paid homage to the great, like they had references and the, I would have gotten away with it too. If it wasn't for you meddling kids, like they were able mm -hmm. to mix that in there, but still do a fresh new take on the story, which was still true to form. It was really good. I really enjoyed this movie as someone who has watched like a ton of Scooby-Doo. I watched like what's new Scooby-Doo. I watched one where they were children. I don't even like teenagers in Coolsville. I don't even know. Like I love Scooby-Doo. And so I, um, that's what I'm saying. Scooptober. We still have time. It's, it's, you're like, it's not too late. We're going to fit all the Scooby-Doo in one episode. There's a lot of it though. I won't lie. I won't lie. There is a lot yeah. of it. Let's talk. So I'm so glad you've come to this new appreciation, but I, so we, the cartoon, there's so many iterations. It is generally a mystery of the week. They go to, a museum, a, an amusement park, a where else have you, a college. They always go somewhere that is being haunted or broken into or crimed of some sort, and they solve the mystery. I guess you would call them private investigators. That's probably like the closest yeah, to their yeah. uh, occupation. So they're generally portrayed as teens in the movie. Yeah. They the start movie. out as that, and then they have aged up a little bit. There's a time jump. Yeah, some interesting things at play with, with the movie. Do we want to get right Let's into it? Let's dive right in. So we're going to start with Scooby-Doo 1. We're probably going to jump between the two. Yeah. One is a whole lot better than two. Spoilers. One, I like had an amazing time with two. I have some gripes. They're about even with me. On second well, viewing, I think two story-wise is like a, like linearly is a much better watch. One, I feel like just a lot what? of random shit Evan, happens. Wait, whoa, for... Evan, whoa, we are, okay. We're just going to have to duke this out right now. <laughs> I'm on the total opposite page. I like could not follow the story in the second one. There was a point where they're driving through this town and the ghost pirate, whatever have you, is turn in mystery ink or I will kill everyone or whatever. And they were like, well, should we turn ourselves in? And they were like, but then he'll get the control panel 
And I was like, control panel? What are we talking? What's going on? What are we talking about? I feel like both of them are like that. If you ask me to describe the villain's <laughs> plot in either of these movies, I don't know that I can tell you. But that is not a knock against yes. either of these movies. I, yeah, I don't want it to take away because these movies are really fun and they're not like some sort of like plot heavy. You are not going into this thinking it's going to be like a mystery and you're going to be like, <gasps> when the person is unmasked. Or at least you shouldn't be because, you know, we were children when that sort of shit shocked us with the unveiling. Yeah, and I think that's the realization I came to. Is first being, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? This oh, yeah. isn't aged well. How <laughs> dumb is this? And then second viewing, maybe I had been desensitized to it a little bit. Maybe it took me back to 2002. I was like, this is, <laughs> I mean, dumbly funny and enjoyable. It's, like, yeah. it is. There are so <laughs> many funny move, moments between the two movies. Like I said, mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed one more than two, but I laughed throughout both movies. Right off the bat, both of these movies directed by a director named Roger Gosnell. Screenplay is written by the one, the only, James Gunn. Yes, that James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide okay. Squad. Here's what I want to say. Yeah. I think this is a precursor to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. Hear me out. He is so good at well, even his stuff with Peacemaker. He yeah. is so good at taking source material and like interweaving what you would call like an Easter egg or like an homage, but without hitting it over the head and still giving you a fresh story. He is <laughs> James Gunn because th that's like what I said. This hit all the Scooby Doo notes of what you would expect to see in the old cartoon, but it still is like a fresh new story and they brought it to the real world, if you will. And I think that's really what he's able to do. He's able to take like this almost joke character in Peacemaker and still keep it true to the source material, but bring it to the 21st century and like really modernize it. And I just think it's a really good testament to James Gunn. When I was watching this, I instantly was like, I can see he's a really good storyteller, if that makes sense. Yeah. It clearly shows he has a love for the source material. Yeah. And I'll piggyback off you. It hits all the Scooby-Doo notes, but it also hits those James Gunn notes of dysfunctional crime-fighting team. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, it does. <laughs> Staying true to their classic characters, but being updated for the times. And friendship and is the answer. Oh, friendship my. Friendship is the answer, yeah. So James kudos, Gunn. James Gunn. I love him. Uh, I was gobsmacked with <laughs> James, it what, what is flashes he, James Gunn on the screen. This is, You're like, like, Whoa. this is perhaps his first big Hollywood credit. It's gotta be. That's yeah. insane. But here's uh, something I will say is while this is a very 2002 movie and while it's obviously targeted at a more young audience, this has to be like a big deal for the time, right? Like I said, this is the cartoons been going on since the 70s and they're like, we are making a live action Scooby-Doo movie. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to sound tongue in cheek here. I imagine that's like a very big deal in like the world. Like how has a live action Scooby-Doo movie no, was not, because there's like this period in the 70s and 80s where they tried to do all these like superhero live action things and they didn't really pan out. How did it ever get picked up? Scooby-Doo. I don't know. I just feel like it's it was so they, popular. It was Scooby-Doo. They needed CGI. They, they needed, needed animation. the talking dog. I'm so yeah, dumb. Yeah. You're right. No, you're totally um, right. So critically, didn't perform well. At the box office, it did well, but ratings-wise, it was pretty poorly reviewed. I think no it's got way. like a 30-something on Rotten Tomatoes. And generally, I can't disagree with I any of those ratings. Like, no. But they do a disservice to how good of a time 
this movie is. So yeah, box office take at 275 a million against the budget at 84. I feel like for, I don't know, you know, how inflation works super well, but that's probably a considerable amount more 20 some years later, like relative to the time. I think that's mm -hmm. sounds pretty successful. Yeah. And successful enough to warrant a, a sequel as well. All right. So this movie, I think the best place to start is with its cast. Looks alone, 10 out of 10. Yes. Then these actors come in and they act their asses off. And I will be honest, that is one thing that was lost on me as a child. These actors do an amazing job of playing like a campy, but also real life version of these characters. Because obviously they mm -hmm. are playing a cartoon character. Some aspects of their personality are going to be more prominent than others because they're supposed to be more one note. Velma's the smart one. Daphne's the damsel in distress. Shaggy and Scooby are the goofballs and Fred's the leader. And But what they really did is they were able to, once again, they just, they made it a proper modern story with their characters still. Their characters were there, but they were not as flat and one-dimensional. It's not what a lot of modern reboots or live adaptations will do where they will yes. poke fun at previous iterations. These actors play the characters to a T. Yep. They're not above the characters. They're not above the source material whatsoever. You're so right. And I'll, I don't know if he's considered the star of the movie, but... I would say it's led by a Herculean effort. Matthew Lillard yeah. playing yeah, Shaggy. Yeah. He's the one. Uncannily He's... spot like, on. Zoinks. Do you think <laughs> it's hard for him? I was thinking about this as I was watching. When he gets into the mode, do you think it gets hard for him to stop saying the word as he's like <laughs> coming out of this like so. yeah. <laughs> experience, bro? I don't even know, man. It's crazy. I just he is he like I think you nailed it. These are they're not above the characters. They're not tongue in cheek. I actually just saw a tweet today, and it was about the Mario movie that they're making with Chris Pratt, and it said if Mario's all Yahoo, whippy, and then he like turns off the Mario and is just Chris Pratt's voice, I'm going to riot. And I was like, yes! <laughs> I don't know what that is called, but yes, that's not what I need from these remakes. Yeah. Like, they're making fun of the source material or whatever. This was, like, properly... this Because, I mean, there are points where it's making fun of it, but I don't know. It doesn't do it in a way, like you're saying, where it feels above its source material. It laughs with the source material, never truly intentionally mean fully at it yeah there's no, a word I'm trying I'm searching for that I can't find right now yeah yeah uh, maliciously what do you know Matthew Lillard from because I'll be honest this, this was, is one <laughs> this is how I know him I know without a paddle is I think one I think there were like a string of maybe stoner movies that mm -hmm. he's like known for at the time haven't seen any this is he's, what I know him in for. scream and okay. scream 2 that's where I uh think of him from actually and like you said the string of like stoner comedies and evan i've seen the memes i've seen the jokes now that we're adults of shaggy being a stoner how on earth did they slip all of these references past us as children i never knew the excessive eating the goofiness like they're just so clearly like your hippie stoner from the 70s yeah and they do a really good job of obviously staying true to that without beating it over the head. In this movie, he meets the love of his life. Mary Jane is her name, 
they literally can't beat you over the head <laughs> yeah. hard enough with it. Also, Mary Jane, Isla Fisher's, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Isla? Isla Fisher's I... first American role. That's wow. what, so this movie was shot in Australia. She is a native Australian. Because of the success of the movie, was able to get representation, come to the U.S., and go on to do things like Wedding Crashers, So uh, Now You See Me. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I was watching the movie, and I was like, man, that looks It sounds like Isla Fisher. And I didn't realize it actually was her. It is. Because she's blind. I've never seen her w without red hair before. Isn't that crazy? A quick, a quick change of hair color can really fool me somehow. That's hey. insane. Okay. So, yeah, star-studded cast, and we haven't even made our way through all of it. We have Freddie Prince Jr., who is, he's the, like you said, he's technically the leading man, but I think Matthew Lillard is the one here who really stands out. And once again, this is what I think of Freddie Prince Jr. from is this movie. You know what I mean? But like you said, he is also in I Know What You Did Last Summer, and I still know what you did last summer. And he, he, he's gone on to do voice work for Star Wars. He has that... <laughs> All-time famous radio rant yep. going off on Star Wars, quote-unquote, fanboys who get the I, lore wrong. Go it's ahead. so funny because I love that rant. There's so many great things in that rant just about Star Wars as a whole and that he, like, really gets in. So I love him as part of Star Wars. That's great. He's like, I fucking work for He's so angry. He is bitching. He's bitching. <laughs> I love it. But so, yeah, that's actually what I think of him now from is that rant that went viral on TikTok. <laughs> okay. And then we have Sarah Michelle Geller. Like you said, she also is in I Know What You Did Last Summer. And she's in a, a weird, like, uh, yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the big one. Yeah, no. I was going to say she is a voice in uh, Small Soldiers, which you and I actually were talking about recently, okay. yeah, which is yeah, pretty yeah. funny. Her most recent film credit that I saw on Wikipedia was Do Revenge on uh, oh. Netflix, which is starring Maya Hawk. It's like a yeah. high school teen thriller comedy kind of thing. And okay. So they were dating. Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. were dating prior to this movie when they had worked on I Know What She Did Last Summer. I did this her. movie together. Got married shortly after this movie. And this was the first time Fred and Daphne were portrayed as a couple. I saw that, and it's so weird because they, if you just watch the show as a kid, you like assume them a couple, but you're right. Mm -hmm. They never hold hands, they never kiss, they never hug, they never are like dinner after this. Like, Nothing. And yeah, and so they do, they do in this one, they'll become a couple. That's crazy. Okay, so that's cool though. She, uh... quick anecdote before I move on to other cast members, back to Matthew Lillard. So he did the live action role of Scooby, of Shaggy, sorry, and then went on to voice the character. And it's saying he's voiced Shaggy since the yeah. previous actor retired in 2009. Yeah, and so has Linda Cardellini. She has done the same with Velma, is because the voice actor no longer continued as she voices. Linda Cardellini, though, is a voice actor in and of herself. She's in one of my favorite animated shows. She is Wendy in Gravity Falls, which if Evan would ever watch, he would okay. know. Yeah. <laughs> I will get you one of these days, Evan. One of these yeah. days. Okay. But she's most famous for a show that Evan and I love very much. Freaks and Geeks. She is like why you watch Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, there's a lot of star power in the in the in like the male cast, but she is the lead and she is just when I always tell people I'm like I need a season 2 of Freaks and Geeks. It's cuz I need to follow Lindsay Weir's 
story throughout <laughs> life. Like, I need to know what happens. Like, I'm very invested yeah. in that character. Freaks and Geeks. Classic. Yeah. So the sequence in my consciousness is Scooby-Doo. Didn't know who any of these actors were at the time. I was yeah. getting into college, watch Freaks and Geeks. A couple of years later, she's back on TV with Bloodlines yep. on Netflix. Yeah. Also Mrs. Hawkeye. She's Mrs. Hawkeye. I mean, <laughs> she actually, of the main four, I would say she has done the most and probably touched the most projects. I don't know that makes her the most famous, probably. But she also, I, I think of her for the climax of Legally Blonde, where she's the defendant. And so Reese Witherspoon's, so tell me, if you get a perm, how could you be in a, the shower less than an hour? I don't remember the exact what have you's of it, but she, mm. and then she's like, okay, I did it. It was me in a class, <laughs> you know what I mean? Classic courtroom fashion. She's in that. And then she's also in Brokeback Mountain, which is obviously a very impactful movie. And she's been in Marvel and the rumors are she may be in more of Marvel coming up. She may have Ooh, a bit more of a role, okay. so we'll see her there. She had a Netflix series with Christina Applegate. The yep. name escapes me. Is it is Dead to Me? Dead to Me. That's it. Yep. Wow, you were on that. I know. I, my cousin Katie loved that. She's Jessica Day's sister in New Girl. She's- um, What? I know. Wild. I know, dude. She touches a lot of projects. <laughs> she was in, a, she was in like maybe a season of Mad Men. I could be misquoting that. But then, like I said, yeah, she also eventually goes on to voice Velma, which I think is the coolest mm. thing. So big uh, Linda fan. So I think the reason we're spending so much time on this is just to say this cast is fucking phenomenal. It's so good. And they do such a good job at their parts. And I'm not kidding. That is like half of my enjoyment from the movie is, like you said, just how well they are doing these characters. And they're doing them like... <laughs> Not seriously, because it's like a joking movie, but they're taking it seriously, and it's so nice. But yeah. just the right amount of respect for the characters, and it's like the most perfectly cast movie of all time. I do want to shout out the voice actor, and I'm not even seeing it now, but I think his name is Neil Fanning, who voices oh, Scooby-Doo. For and, Scooby. And great performance. I don't see a lot of other credits that I would recognize. Oh, Rowan Atkinson is the main villain in Scooby-Doo. I think this is the first time I heard him speak. I'd only ever known him as Mr. Bean. Um, so, so Mr. Yeah. Bean is his popular one, but I actually think of him from, have you ever seen Rat Race? I don't think I have. Rat Race is classic. Okay. It's another 2000s, maybe late 90s comedy of just gotcha. slapstick, what have you. And he's in that and he's really great. But yeah, Mr. Bean's in it and he uh, he's kind of our villain. You know, so this movie, like we said, plot wise not heavy on the plot. It's not like you're going to go into this and be like, oh, it's a mystery and I'm going to take notes and try to figure out along who it is the whole time. No, you're just there for a good time and a lot of it is vibes. But Scooby and Shaggy <laughs> just dicking around with each other. Okay, this is where my disagreement about one and two comes in or my pushback. I don't know. Okay. Outright yeah. disagree, but if I, could you describe to me the <laughs> what is what are they solving? <laughs> So and if Scooby you remember, they one. walk in and the college students are all there. This is so funny to me to think that I was watching this in 2002. The college kids are there for spring break and they come and they're all, they're all rowdy. But then as they're leaving, they're all stone faced. Something's happening to them on the island and the gang needs to figure out what it is. Okay. Fair. And they're that being body snatched. Succinct. Yeah. <laughs> it's a body snatchers. There's real okay. monsters and spoilers. Scrappy Doo is trying to overtake all, everyone's bodies and become King Doo or something. I don't even know. I will say Scrappy Doo mm -hmm. was a great twist to have him be the villain. And 
the reason it didn't feel too cheesy is because they made fun of Scrappy-Doo because he was... So Scrappy-Doo is Scooby's younger brother, his son? Nephew. Nephew. I was like, does Scooby have a son? Okay, it's his <laughs> nephew. And he is in a decent amount of the animated TV show back in the day, but a lot of fans hate Scrappy-Doo. I didn't realize this. I was actually looking this up today. Same and man. so the movie is like a response to those fans who hated Scrappy-Doo and said he was annoying. Because I actually, as I was watching it, I was like, man, I was like, I know Scrappy was being harsh, but they just left him there. <laughs> That's really <laughs> brutal. That's a good villain origin story. Yeah. I, one, was also not aware Scrappy was disliked in general. Yeah. Two, I, I was looking into it. The origin of the character was partly to revive interest in the Scooby-Doo brand because they were on the brink of cancellation. Mm. And I was thinking about all this. Before starting my sec my second watch this time, I was like, should we just let IP die sometimes like <laughs> Scooby-Doo is around so much? Like, Scooby-Doo could have ended before Scooby-Doo existed, which was pretty early on. Yeah. And here we are 40-some years later. Wow. That is crazy to think about. <laughs> James Gunn says, I still think it was funny that Scrappy was the villain and that there were kids who were upset. He was surprised that people cared about that twist. I agree. I don't, why yeah. do you care? It's a I thought it was a fun twist because... I think it was good mystery-wise because I Scrappy Doo was the last person I expected. You know what I mean? There was mm -hmm. only a little mention of him. In classic mystery fashion, it's always the last person you suspect, though. I wonder if he's shown up in anything since then. Or was Scrappy he just Doo, I don't know. Killed, killed him. <laughs> oh my god okay i forever. hate to just derail but i am reading some of these old scooby-doo movies and i have seen so many of these okay <laughs> scooby-doo on zombie island scooby-doo and the witch's ghost scooby-doo in the cyber chase scooby-doo in the legend of the vampires I do, I do feel like in the early aughts there was a string of like cartoon network films yeah like directed video or directed tv films that i felt were pretty solid quality i like, agree I think they. Oh, Scooby Doo. <laughs> I don't love the older ones, the older Hanna Barbera stuff, but I will admit they got better. Um, do you remember the Hex Girls? I love the Hex Girls. That's Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost. That was maybe okay. the one I remember the most. They're like in Salem. Okay, but so they get called to this. So the gang breaks up. Like that. This is how the movie starts because. You would never have expected that as a kid. You were like, "Whoa, it's the gang. It's the it's mm -hmm. Mystery Inc. They're not gonna." break up but they break up they have inconsolable differences which were very weak if you were what like it was not good like, i was like okay they broke up i get it but i do like that some of these characters go on a bit of a journey of self-discovery between the two movies but i don't like that not all of them went through a journey of self-discovery sure so daphne's the obvious one in the first one she doesn't want to be a damsel in distress and she's actively fighting that stereotype throughout the movie. And it was actually really fun to watch that on rewatch because mm -hmm. in 2002, I don't think I was as much of a feminist as I am now. So <laughs> it was nice watching it through new lens. I was like, oh, this is actually a really good story for Daphne here. Then Velma doesn't really have too much she's working like to change in the first one. No, in the second yeah. one, she's working on her love life. The, the, so Shaggy and Scooby go through something in the second one. What about Fred? What does Fred learn between these two movies? I think there are some things that didn't make it through several rounds of notes with Warner Brothers. So I was, this has to do with some news that we'll get into later, but looking at the production notes on Wikipedia, Geller had said that her Daphne and Velma shared an on-screen kiss 
in a cut of the film. Originally, James Gunn has said there was an R-rated cut of the film. Wait, Matthew Lillard <laughs> in a Reddit AMA said what? that the original cut of the film had Fred revealed to be gay and that Freddie Prince Jr. had portrayed him as such throughout the film. And that gives me a different read on some of oh. his lines throughout the movie when he goes, I'm turned on by dorky chicks too. So it colors your perspective of the film that there was supposed to be more of a, dark, maybe not darker, but like an adult tone. More of adult theme. Wow. Could you imagine this movie rated R? I actually think, you know, I the college spring breakers, the sort of not raunchy nature of it, but there's some more risque things Scooby-Doo wise. Oh man, I can totally see this. Okay, wait, there, there was a version where Fred turns out to be gay and you said Velma and Daphne share a kiss? Yeah, when they're doing the soul swapping part to try and get back oh. into their bodies, that's how they figure out how to do it. What? I okay. guess, yeah. <laughs> One of my complaints with Warner Brothers and some of their IP is that I think they are a little too precious with it. You can see this with Space Jam 2. They mm. don't allow things to change with the times. Space Jam 2 was bad. <laughs> you can see a little bit of it in this movie where whatever James Gunn had in mind gets watered down. And sure, mm. maybe 2002, the world isn't ready for a gay Fred or a lesbian kiss between Daphne and Velma. But over time, that's what you need to keep these properties relevant. Well, I think we can address the new TV show that's about to come out. Mm -hmm. There is a, a new series coming out called Velma, where Velma is uh, portrayed as a lesbian, which I think fits the character like you said it keeps up with the times yeah it, it's actually in a movie that's out right now trick or treat scooby-doo mm. uh, 2022 movie but wait 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 wait, wait, wait. scooby-doo is still making direct to dvd movies <laughs> yeah you told it, me they made a movie this year yes <laughs> it's airing okay it's available it's available on digital right now to purchase maybe rent i'm not sure I'm gonna I air on cartoon network october 14th it's velma's in production but the thing people are writing about right now this was breaking news as of today velma is wow. confirmed to be a lesbian yeah. in trick-or-treat scooby-doo the new direct-to-video movie it was actually a really funny scene she gets like very hot and bothered and her glasses fog up and sweat off of her face into the classic scene of her going i can't see without my glasses which yes. also the number of times as a glasses where i have said that throughout my life <laughs> in the exact tone like anytime i don't have my it'll be first thing in the morning i'll be like my glasses where are my glasses i can't see without my glasses i say it instinctually i don't even attribute it to her anymore but watching this movie i was like oh yeah that's why i say that yeah. So that news, it, it must have come out today, or that story broke today is October 4th. So it'll be a couple of days before this episode of the podcast is out. But this is brand spanking new. This shook the fanfic world. Pablo is yeah. confirmed to be a lesbian. I told Haley <laughs> this earlier today. I was like, did you hear uh, Velma's a lesbian? And she goes, duh. It's like, wait. <laughs> duh. <laughs> That's such a Have I been response. paying attention this whole time? <laughs> she, goes, <laughs> she goes, duh. I will say, uh, in not to stereotype, but in Scooby-Doo 2, Velma had a very distinct group of fans. I, don't, I think yeah. you could probably categorize them as like nerdy girls. But I think even then they were trying to say like there was a certain group that was maybe a, a more attracted to Velma. James Gunn, I saw somewhere, did tweet or write that he was like, I did intend for Velma to be gay in 2001, but Warner Brothers wouldn't go for it. So 
James the Gunn times they are changing. Andy you had know? Fred being gay. He was like, nah, yeah. they're total LGBTQ. <laughs> so I, I like that they are allowing these characters to change because I think that's what didn't work with Space Jam 2 and hope mm. to see more of it. That's what works really well about Chippendale Rescue Rangers is that. Yes. That's another one where they're not really poking fun at, but they are like being playful with the, the source material. I'm Kudos, telling you, this James was Gunn. so good. There was even like that flying ghost in the beginning and the fire and just their plans, their schemes, and it all has worked out perfectly, but then everything always falls to shit and it still somehow works out. It just was so classic Scooby-Doo. I loved it. I will say I have a distinct memory of like the uh, the floating ghostly heads as the spirits. And for some reason, I always remember Matthew Lillard like grabbing it, stretching it, and then letting it go and fly. And I don't yeah. know what... I have such a memory of that. And then he did it. And I was just like, this is such a weird thing to hold on to for so many years. Isn't that also the ending of Hercules and Disney? Doesn't he have to fish her soul out of? Yeah. I guess it's, it's similar. Maybe it's a river or something it's like, like that. It's like the river sticks. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, the soul. Yeah. yeah. All right. I can't believe I've waited this long. I have a real life question for you. And okay. I need you to like think for a second before you respond. Cause I know your first instinct. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Do you think in modern day real life society, there could be a solo or maybe a group of amateur detectives that are maybe like influencers? Because like, you know, it, like it's not going to be like the media is following them around at every crime they do. So like, do you think realistically, because I just feel like I'm onto something because there's a big people love true crime. People love like supernatural type things. Mm -hmm. I genuinely think if you could recreate Mystery Inc. in the digital age, you could be onto something very profitable. What do you think about this? Do you think it's possible? Absolutely. Yes. I forget what the documentary was called, but it was about a girl that was murdered in a hotel in California. Okay. And there's a bunch of like amateur YouTubers who like tried to go check out the hotel building and get to the bottom of it when hey. it happened. A bad example, but maybe the best example i can't believe i'm about to say is like QAnon people oh, that's yeah. like literally <laughs> what they're trying to do that's what they think. yeah maybe they cross this too close into a line these QAnon conspiracy mystery incorporated. <laughs> we send a group of like young teens and they're like they think they have a talking dog and they're like we're in our van solving <laughs> mysteries dude they pull off joe um, biden's mask and it's <laughs> it was xi jinping all along <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah maybe oh, that man. does far too fair into I'm the sure, I, there's got to be some true crime influencers uh, true crime podcasters probably i need them to dress up in like 70s clothes and drive around in a van together and i think they'll really sell it like no <laughs> i think the no i'm not kidding i ha i think half of what makes them popular in this world is branding they don't have any experience. Who keeps hiring these people? They're just famous. I j and I that is one thing I liked about the second movie is it explored the side of them that like they are celebrities and are famous. There's like mentions <laughs> to it in the first one. Fred's like, oh, I have a book deal, and like people are like, oh my god, you guys are Mr. Yank. But like the second one, we see them like at the unveiling of their museum. It reminded me of the Flash because then in typical Flash, <laughs> Flash fashion, museum. oh no, he's ruining the Flash museum. Like of course, like a Scooby Doo. <laughs> villain is going to come ruin the scooby 
Scooby-Doo museum. Like, it's, it's, people are stupid. And that was the other thing is I thought, like, a group of crime-fighting, mystery-solving, paranormal people, they would invite the weirdos who would try to challenge them, be like, you can't catch me on the Riddler. And it would turn into a whole big mess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We've obviously lauded tons of, of praise on this movie. If you had to throw mm. out any nitpicks, you got any? For me, I, like I said, I had a tough, tougher time following the second one. That being said, I think there was a lot of really good laughs in the second one. I almost think the second one was, I don't want to say rushed, but I think it's like sequel fever, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. They didn't sure. have a story, but they're just riding the success of the first one. They're like, sure. we got to do this again. So it's not like on terms of sequels, it's not a Shrek 2, in my opinion, where they just improved in every category. It's good. It's watchable. It's not like I'm like, oh, you don't even need to bother. It was good. It has actually the funniest moment between the two. I really think so. I'm going to recreate it for you. Is they're like, Scooby goes, like, oh, zoinks, we're going to die. Daphne goes, you need to stay positive. He goes, we're going to die fast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is top-notch comedy right there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What about you? What sort of gripes or nitpicks do you have? <laughs> I can tell you watched a whole lot of Scooby-Doo just by how quickly you can do a Shaggy You voice. like that impersonation? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got oh, it spot on. Um, the only one I can think of, I mean, we've talked about how the movies are generally just dumb. The first one, just like gratuitous amounts of fart humor. No, uh, there was you know, way more yeah. fart jokes the second one. Oh my God. Okay, wait. Literally the only, I'm ready to go beat for beat with you. The only <laughs> okay. fart jokes they make in the first one are when Scooby and Shaggy are like alone and Velma's behind them. Or excuse me, Daphne's behind yeah, them. Yeah, okay, okay. The second enough. one has a literal whole chunk of the movie where Velma is in a plexi, like a leather, an orange leather jumpsuit that is farting at the... To be fair, there was some really funny moments where like Seth Green was like, oh, so I was... And, it's like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Okay, so the only other nitpick I have that comes to mind, first movie, there's the band breaks up in the very beginning. Time jump two years later. Two minutes later, they're back together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like no, like I said, it, it was a very forced breakup. And then instantly yeah. they're all at the airport. They're all like, you're going to Spooky Island too? The only ones we saw between the breakup and the reincarnation was Shaggy and Scooby. The grilling in, their, in the mystery uh, Looks machine. like they're getting high as shit. How did I miss yeah, this? Hilarious. I yeah. wonder, I wonder, because I know I saw this movie with my dad in theaters. I'm wondering if he's watching this and he's like, oh, how? Oh, a kid's <laughs> movie? And then he's all, they're just grilling. Maybe I misread yeah. that. <laughs> there was a weird moment. I think I literally rewinded it today, but in Scooby-Doo 1, in the Scrappy flashback, it's either Daphne or Velma goes, oh, Scra Scrappy's peeing on me. And I swear I heard a, Ooh. <laughs> like, I don't know who does it. <laughs> well, Daphne does. Like, but then Fred was like, he's just marking his territory. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I don't know. I think I like where this is going. Someone goes, ooh. I'm still not sure if I was hallucinating. So please, someone, if you're listening to this, watch that scene and confirm <laughs> if you hear a, ooh. If you haven't seen these movies in so long, but have any nostalgia for Scooby-Doo, just throw it on. It's not like it's going to take a ton to pay attention, and you're going to laugh a ton. There's, like, a lot of very just funny parts, really stupid stuff. Just, I'm trying to think. So there's a part with the voodoo guy and Daphne, and... <laughs> 
I'm going to butcher it. Do you remember the line? It's so it's a, funny, yeah. though. It's like a popular meme, I think, that he goes, you want a clue? It's August. Purple's a fall color or something That's, like that. Thank you. Yeah. He goes, do you want a clue? He goes, it, he goes purple is a fall color. I was like, oh, my God. It's just, it's really good because, like, you didn't expect it at all. And it's, like I said, it's playing on the fact... I like in the beginning, before the time skip, before the breakup, they had them all in their original costumes. But then during the time skip, it's like an updated version of their costume. Like I said, they did a really good job of the old fanfare stuff, but keeping it modern. I have to quick, unfortunately, correct myself because I butchered it. It's the middle of May, which makes much more sense for that joke. It's the middle of May. Apologies. It's the middle of May. Yeah, and it's spring break for all the yeah. college kids. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. What was I thinking? Um... Also, I was thinking logistically, Spooky Island to me seems like a cross between Cedar Point for any Midwesterner or like a Six Flags, but also like a, a music festival almost. You know what I mean? Like, Burning tell me Man. this place would not be dangerous as fuck. Like, yeah. you got to sign some sort of waiver, I feel like, going into Spooky Island. Yeah. It was shot on the Warner Brothers Movie World theme park in Queensland, Australia, which explains wow. the sort of theme park vibe. Yeah. There is like the weird exorcism thing, that, not exorcism, but I don't know. Also, do they ever really explain the origin of the monsters, no. the soul, the protoplasms? No. It's just, nah. it's just the dire, what are they had a name for the thing? Oh my God. But if we're talking about names, the Damon in the Ritus. second movie, yeah, the Damon Ritus, which to me, when they were saying it, I was like, that's a really weird name. I was like, I bet, and I said this, and this is why I texted you when I was watching the second one. The Damon Ritus, I go, I bet that's some sort of inside joke between the writers. I go, that sounds so weird and very made uppy. I shit you not. I start the second movie, and they need this chemical that they're mining, and they need it to bring the monsters back. And it is called Randomonium. It is literally called Random. I'm telling you, that's top-notch comedy because... 9.5 out of 10 people miss that joke and they will never see it. But because I had subtitles on this time, also, oh my God, subtitles. They subtitle Scooby Doo's everything with the R in front of it. The sub, every, he's got that R list that Scooby has. Mm -hmm. And so it, the subtitles are very true to it, which I think is uh, very funny. <laughs> I feel like we've pretty thoroughly covered one. Should we talk about two a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, so one, they uh, okay. go to Spooky Island, they save the day. Since you summed up one, I will try to succinctly describe two since Please. I stood up to defend it. Yes. Mystery Inc. is going to the grand opening of the Scooby-Doo Museum, the Mystery Inc. The Mystery Museum. Inc. Museum. And they've got a bunch of the old villain costumes there to show to the public. And one of them comes to life. It's the pterodactyl ghost or whatever. And so... They have to. There's a new villain with a black mask who's trying to go after or discredit the the gang. The gang. Okay, this is proving much. I was like, <laughs> you are running out of your tweet limit, my friend. <laughs> there's so um, much. Look, it, it's good. So they it's have to figure out how fashion. the old costumes are coming to life. There it is. Yes. Boom. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> the things I like about this one. So. I just feel that 
in this one they were like more monsters let's like mm. and they have five named monsters the tar monster the minor 49er the ghost pterodactyl there's just and it's it is very typical scooby-doo fashion these are all probably monsters they fought at some point so it's good it's it but the thing i did like about this one was the war the media war they get into where fred is getting <laughs> taken out of context so as someone who has been on reality TV and seen a lot of reality TV, it is very funny because they can do that very easily. <laughs> they can take uh -huh. things and make it out of context very easily. And so they literally have him on camera saying, Cool's Bill sucks. <laughs> it's funny. Also, yeah. I don't know why. I love that they're in Coolsville. <laughs> who, who in 1969 was like, where does the gang live? Coolsville. <laughs> Because they're so cool. Like, they literally, I feel like an executive was like, you need to make the gang cool. Like, you need to make them really cool. And someone was like, all right, make them from Coolsville. I think we could have made it as TV writers in the 60s. Yeah, I think so, man. I really <laughs> think we could have. Say. Additions to the cast this time around. Seth Green. Uh, Classic. Around the same time was killing it in the Austin Powers franchise. Had to have been. Alicia Silverstone been. is the journalist, from notably from Clueless. She was back ready for this Batman one? and Robin. What? Her name being in the credits, I instantly was like, she's the villain. I was like, I do not. I know who the actress is. I do okay. not remember her in this movie. I go, how the hell? And then as soon as she popped up as the reporter, I go, no way they're crediting her <laughs> if she's just this reporter in the main title sequence. And I called it. And I will say I had seen this in the past, like 2004 is when it came out. I didn't remember that she was, but I instantly, just because knowing how Scooby-Doo works, it's always the last person you think. I will mm. say they got me, though, when she, like, accused her pretty quickly. And she was like, the guy's up on the roof, and she's down here. And I was like, oh, shit, maybe I'm wrong. But I stayed true. I was like, I think I'm right. I really think I'm right. They're both pretty fun. I forget which one of these ones. It might have been the first one that was top at the box office until it was unseated by, maybe it's two. Uh, by Kill an Austin Bill. Powers movie? By Kill Bill. Okay, oh, so it's this that's one. Gotta be the second so this one. one was dethroned by Kill Bill Volume Two. The first movie was up against Lilo and Stitch, which is pretty steep competition. That is, if I do say so myself. This one, let's see, made one hundred eighty-one point two million at the box office. Wow, twenty-ish uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and needless to say, there were no more sequels after that. Unfortunately, I will. I'm gonna. I'm also gonna go on record saying I'm shocked we didn't get five of these movies. When I look at the Wikipedia, it does reference two more directs to like mm. video live okay. action movies none of the same cast obviously but oh. i wonder if they're supposed to be the same continuity <laughs> it's the same so timeline really funny. that is funny <laughs> i just like i said a lot of this movie is vibe if you're into scooby-doo you're gonna it's just it's campy it's fun it's funny and you know before we get into like any sort of wrap up here i do want to ask you evan did you catch the two musical guests, one for each movie. First one is Sugar Ray. Mark McGrath, famously on Celebrity Big Brother. I swear <laughs> to God, I recognize this motherfucker. From, so like Celebrity Big Brother's rolling around and I'm watching it and then I'm watching this movie. And I was like, oh, I was like singing. And I was like, that looks like Mark. And I was like, oh, it is. It's literally Sugar right? So I was like, yeah. wow, Celebrity Big Brother came through for once. Yeah. Um, and then the second one. Ruben Suttered. <laughs> season one, American Idol winner? No, season two. Two. season two. Season two. 
Yep, yep, um, yep. my jaw hit the floor. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to downplay Ruben's success on season two of American Idol. Do you think this is his most relevant pop culture appearance of all time? He made it in a Scooby Doo movie. It's like outside the... of American Idol, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's I don't what I meant. That's that... what I meant. That's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, American. Well, I'm gonna. I'm going to go with a long-standing legacy. I bet you they'll be talking about Scooby-Doo 50 years from now and not as much American Idol. I, I don't know. I'm going on. Yeah. Scooby-Doo's I mean, got a longer-lasting legacy. Power in, yeah, sure. More cultural and So when relevance. archives go through, they're going to be watching Scooby-Doo and they're going to be like, who's this guy singing at the end here? Also, just I just imagine that call. You're like probably fresh off American Idol and they're like, they want you to sing a song <laughs> in the Scooby-Doo movie. Like, are you excited? Are you happy? I don't know. You're like, um, do I have to dance with Scooby? <laughs> there are... T- I think two musical breaks in the second film. The first, so there's Ruben Stuttered at the end. He dances in the middle. Oh, it might be three. And when they're in the monster factory, Scooby and Shaggy rap. And I thought of the classic Chip and Dale line. Why do they always have to rap? (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I didn't think about that but i will say with the second movie between these musical numbers and there's also like a decent number of chase scenes it really to me felt like damn they didn't have that much written they were like okay these three pages are chase scenes now and so (laughs) you want to know the greatest travesty of all what at the bottom of the scooby-doo 2 page there's a section called canceled third film james (sighs) gunn has said he was set to write and direct a third film. I'm really but surprised. Due to the box office disappointment, they did not. They couldn't get it that. to happen. Oh, <laughs> Gunn has tweeted the plot for the canceled film. <laughs> it was that the Mystery Inc. gang are hired by a town in Scotland who complain they are being plagued by monsters, but we discover throughout the film the monsters are actually the victims. <laughs> Scooby and Shaggy have come have to come to terms with their own prejudices and narrow belief system. What? I want to watch this movie now. James That's Gunn, a great pitch. Please, we need you. We need you, James Gunn. All right. <laughs> I just had a random flash of another hilarious moment I have to get out there. So we're talking about parts in the second one that are like a brush over of screen time, like filling in, if you can. So there's a part where they figure out how to reverse the monster engineering. And I really hate it because Fred's the one who like has a very smart line at the end. And I'm like, Fred ain't coming up with that line. But anyways, <laughs> Fred, Velma and Daphne are all working on it. And there's this montage and it cuts to Shaggy and Scooby outside. And he goes, look at them, Scoob. They're in there montaging without us. And <laughs> another one where I lost it. I was like, that is so freaking funny. And it's so Shaggy to say, look, this movie's great. Both of them are good. Like, I'm nitpicking the second one. I laughed a ton. I think I just said my two funniest moments actually came from the second one. So I'm ragging on it. It's still worth it. It's still worth a really good watch. You will enjoy it. If you have kids, this is probably not the best thing to introduce them to Scooby-Doo-wise, but I bet it'll get them interested. Everybody loves a talking dog. Freddie Prince Jr. also has that famous, there's like an interview where I think it's Sarah, uh, it's Sarah Michelle Geller. She's like, you know, and it's really great. It was so inclusive. Like, it's not a boy's cartoon or a girl's cartoon. And then it cuts to Freddie Prince Jr. He's like, it's a talking dog. <laughs> he's like, what's there not to love? Like, they're talking about what there is to love about Scooby-Doo. And he's like, it's a talking dog. Come on, <laughs> what more do you need? 
Shit, I, I think that's all I got. You got to mm-hmm. let's so it, 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 walk me through what we're doing here at the end. <laughs> I almost <laughs> just teed it up. And I literally said before the podcast, I was like, Evan, you need to tee it up. Okay, wait, before <laughs> we get to this, I need to tell the audience, those who are not who maybe you're watching the video, maybe you're not. If you're just listening to us before the podcast, I texted Mr. Evan Leon and I said, hey, I'm wearing our two dudes hat. I told you so you didn't wear the same hat and you took that as a sign to match. Is that what I'm getting? I now because I reread my text and you go, cool, I'll grab it. That's what you said. Did you explicitly say not to wear it? No, no, I didn't so explicitly say. No. All I said was I'm wearing the two dudes hat, and I guess I meant it as, you know, so we're not matching. But I got on here and I saw you were wearing it. And I was like, that is so freaking funny. Cause I reread the text and I was like, yeah, no, I guess I didn't clarify. <laughs> You should have clarified. I should have clarified. Okay. Oh, one more. I'm so fascinated by what James Gunn had originally intended for this. So, so in, before in you 20s... get into it, the James Gunn telling us about Scooby-Doo 3 is very much akin to Zack Snyder laying out Justice League 3 through 5. What do you mean <laughs> Scooby's dealing with his prejudice and his narrow mindset? It sounds like Bruce Wayne knocking up Lois Lane. <laughs> Release the gun cut. Okay. <laughs> um, in 2017, 15th anniversary of the first film, James Gunn revealed in a Facebook post that there was an R-rated cut of Scooby-Doo and that CGI was used to remove cleavage of the female cast members. What? CGI has gone too far. What the hell? What a weird time 2002 was. What the heck? That's like... Also, ready for this? Okay, that (laughs) reminds... I can't even speak. Do you remember when Jason Derulo after the Cats movie was like, yeah, they had to spend like, he knew like the dollar amount of CGI they needed to remove his bulge from the cat leotard. Like, I was like, dude, shut up. No one is CGIing your bulge out of cats. I don't recall that particular one. Jason have, Derulo. That's one we should watch. I've never seen Cats. I'm not I don't watching ever, Cats. I don't ever intend to watch, but it would be interesting. Oh, um, I do not okay. want to watch Cats. The so we're terrible. doing things a little bit differently this time. First, we're going to start with a little segment we like to call Hotbox, where we're going to mm-hmm. read you some of our favorite reviews from Letterboxd. The first one I have is actually not a Letterboxd review. It's just a review from Roger Ebert. He says, this is a silly machine to whirl goofy antics before the eyes of easily distracted audiences, comma, and it is made with undeniable skill. That's the yeah. best backhanded compliment, it's not, but so say. accurate. That is it is so very accurate. accurate. I don't know. It's like super <laughs> kind. The very first one I saw, and I just agree with it so much, is we need to collectively recognize Matthew Lillard as a better Nick Cage. Yes. <laughs> I don't feel yeah. it's like it's... And then someone... No offense, but this is the best movie ever made. And I think <laughs> it has that sort of following where people like years yes. later are probably like, oh, I love Scooby-Doo. You know what I mean? Oh, I absolutely love Scooby-Doo, the live action movie. Whether ironically or unironically, people do love this movie. Here's another take I probably actually agree with. Three stars. The plot progression in this movie is atrocious. Everything literally just happens. That being said, this is one of the greatest films to ever be released. And that is so true. Towards the end of the first movie, they, I want to say, spend like 20 to 30 minutes in that cave. There's not enough story to happen for that much time to elapse in that cave but they spend it there nonetheless that's good okay i got a couple 
not safe for work ones. Velma <laughs> like is upsettingly hot in this. That was pretty funny. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. This one, plug your ears if you're faint of heart. Low key, I would let Shaggy raw me. <laughs> like, you know what we haven't talked about? Maybe this is a good time. Is the memification of Shaggy now? He's like a. There's people who are like. Is he a sex more, symbol? Not a sex symbol, oh. but like a an anime power. Like no one can beat Shaggy. You haven't seen this? We're like. You haven't seen them no. where Shaggy's like the ultimate. You, no one can beat him. They're like, what about Goku versus Shaggy? And they're like, Shaggy solos. I mean, maybe low passing, but I didn't know it was like a recurring trend. Memification of Shaggy, and that's maybe. why he's in the WB Multiverse of Madness game is because people no. claim he's oh. super powerful. Oh. Okay. That might explain this review. Kate in August of 2017 wrote, Scrappy-Doo being revealed to have been Emil Monteverius all along belongs in... Top ten anime betrayals. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, three stars. Um, this one. So you know what is really funny? We're talking about. So I'm gonna mispronounce his name, but at one point, Rowan Atkinson's character like falls through a pit, and Fred's character goes, "Mr. Mononucleosis." Oh no, Mr. Mononucleosis! And it's so funny, and it's like they never address it, but it's just like a blink and you'll miss it thing. It's really funny. This one is really good. Five stars. It says this. And then it's like the greater than sign, Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. People, it's high praise. Uh, I'm going to rattle off a couple of reviews here. I, I, but I think the general takeaway is that people love this movie and people are like super horny for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so three stars. Daphne is literally just moaning for 90% of this movie and I am not complaining. <laughs> Five stars. Are there any sugar daddies out there who are willing to buy me a spooky island top? Three and a half stars. This movie made me bisexual. Two stars. Longer than I remember, but also very horny. (laughs) So the R-rated overtones definitely make it through. Like People picked up on what James Gunn was going for. I think I got two more. Four stars. Linda Cardinelli has been here for the lesbian community for a long time, and I thank her for her service. This was May 2020, so the undertones have been there all along. Everyone knows. Uh, Kudos, James Gunn. Five stars. Rewatching this, paying especially close attention to Daphne while drinking white Zinfandel (laughs) and eating Sour Patch Kids, and somehow that was the key to experiencing gender euphoria. All right. Wow. Good for you. This movie has done so much for so many people. I didn't even know. I'm loving it. All right. So, Evan, we're going to give a one through five on, we'll do two separate movies, movie one and movie two. Do you want to go first? Are you ready? You want me to go? What do you think? Let me hear your ratings. Yeah. 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 All right. For my first one, this is out of five, five being the best. Number one. I'm giving a 4.5. Like, plot be damned, story be damned. This was so much fun. I had such a good time. It brought back so many memories of the TV show, the movie. It made me laugh. It made me giggle. It made me smile. I want to watch it again. And I just watched it. Like, it was so good. And so I think both of them are really good. But the reason I got to differentiate the two. So I gave 4.5 out of 5. And not far behind it, but I'm going to give it a 3.5 for number two out of five. I think it just dropped one based on the fact that the plot this time got so out of hand and ridiculous that like I did at one point come out and be like, wait, what is going on here? I don't even know where we are story-wise. Okay. I think I will have to give the first movie, if I were being generous, I would say four, but if I like 
try to remove the rose-colored glasses, honestly, I would say a 3.5. This was okay. a pleasant background noise while I worked today mm -hmm. on my second rewatch. Two, see, I still think the story was a little easier. Maybe it's fair. I saw I, the through line of the plot a little that's more. That's art, baby. That's true. It means something different to everyone else. True. But I don't think it stands up in the collective recollection of everyone. I'll give it a three. Also, one of my complaints with two was that them solving the mystery literally boiled down to Velma finding a newspaper clipping that the villain himself placed at the scene of the crime. Yeah, that's a, I, did, I had a similar thought. I was like, wait a minute. How did you? They didn't have to do all this running around there. She just found a newspaper clipping. They couldn't have gone to the library archives. Like, Yeah, she was like, he's been alive the whole time. And it was like, you didn't tell the audience that. You know what I mean? Like, How are we supposed to guess it was a dead guy? Yeah. This one did have the classic reveal a mask and it's a human. And they were like, one more mask. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, I don't know what I would want to see out of a modern update. So there was I the need Scoob. all the characters back. <laughs> no, I mean, in general. I don't think so. Scoob is the most recent feature film. I think it was in theaters. It came out 2020. Scoob 2 was scheduled. But it was one of the Warner Brothers cancellations alongside Batgirl. Son of a bitch. And I watched Scoob this afternoon. It's a lot easier to follow than either of these two movies. Like, <laughs> it was pretty good. Some of the jokes land. The jokes are a little more modern. Also, Wild, star-studded cast, Zach Efron voices yeah. Fred. Will Forte voices Shaggy. Amanda Seyfried is in there. I'm going to assume she's... Daphne, but I'm not 100% sure. I think, yeah. Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin voices Velma. But it was a, it's yeah, cool. it was fun. Great animation. Oh, what the fuck? Mark Wahlberg was in this movie. You like Mark Wahlberg? Have we talked about this? Do you like him? I don't have a take on him. <laughs> so I think so, that's a way of saying I dislike him. I don't know. Well, I, for the longest take? time, hated him because of that movie he did with Zoe Deschanel. It's called like The Happening, I think. And it's like a weird horror movie. And he has the worst delivered line what, I've ever seen is, in a what's movie. What's the line? Ever. He like opens a door and there's a... So this old lady's like, oh, yeah. are you here to kill me? He goes, what? No. But he's genuinely not there to kill her. So it's like, <laughs> why are you saying it like that? It was I weird. That it was, so I hated viral. him for so yeah, long. Yeah. But I really like him in The Other Guys. That movie. That's a great movie. I think he has a movie with Linda Cardinelli. Not The Other Guys. What's the step... Dad one with... Uh, Is it Daddy's Home? That's it. That's the one. I Mark think she plays Walbert. Will Ferrell's wife. Marky right. Mark. Um, what was I asking? <laughs> I think it needs an update. Maybe that's what we'll see with this Velma adult animated mm. series. I think that's what this franchise needs. Like, I would love it. Velma was like what Harley Quinn is it doesn't need yeah. to be exactly like yeah. that but i could see something similar working well so there's that series mystery incorporated ran from 2010 to 2013 which is lauded as the best iteration of the character so far and i think one of the things that series did i i haven't really watched it i was just reading about it today is like they do it, it, it's not episode like episode by episode there are like arcs in it I think it's maybe targeted towards a, a little bit of an older audience. But yeah, I just think this franchise needs a bit of refreshing. Hopefully that's what we'll continue to get. Because as much as I haven't really historically had a fondness for these characters, like I, I do find myself... In, there's a familiarity. There's, a, there's fun to be had there. So yeah. I hope we get to see more of them. I agree. I want more. I would love another live action. 
Yeah. I just, like I said, I think these characters really did something special here, in all honesty. And it was such a good rewatch because, like I said, I enjoyed it as a kid. And I, it's not like one of those movies where I watched it every year, multiple times a year or whatever. Probably only watched it a few times as a kid. But revisiting it, I was shocked at how much I actually really enjoyed it and laughed. Oh, we gave our ratings. So, yeah, that, yeah, that's sort of our closing thoughts on Scooby-Doo's 1 and 2. It's on Netflix. Go Check watch, it out. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Go watch Scoob on HBO Max. <laughs> it's not half bad. You know what? I can't believe I waited this long in the podcast to say this. But do you know who Shaggy, who a guy who can eat a million different things and never gain any weight? Do you know who that reminds me of? No, who? You? <laughs> How are you? I thought for sure you would get that. I literally, I, I say that about you all the time. You have, you can eat so much and you never seem to ever gain any weight. And Shaggy's been stuffing his face for years. We didn't even talk about this. Okay, hold on. A grown man eating Scooby Snacks. The only way they normalize that for this movie is they had Isla Fisher eat one first and he's like yeah. no way i love scooby <laughs> snacks too if she didn't eat it first we all still would have been like man this grown-ass man is still eating dog food <laughs> david's ass lies if you're listening <laughs> i got the perfect shaggy voice actor for you right. i know you scratched the last franchise so let me pitch you a new idea <laughs> yeah put me in coach <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, let's... Should we do some news? I don't have a ton of news. Most of the news we've been sending, Evan, is Scooby-Doo related. We have a ton of Scooby-Doo news in here. Yeah. And, like, I have other news that's not really animated related. Like, Elon Musk is moving forward with his purchase of Twitter. That's not interesting, though. (laughs) But that's, like, real-life news. Oh, okay. I got one. I got one. I got one. Blue's Clues is having a direct to streaming. Wow, it's so funny. I... Huh. I'm so sorry to interrupt our own news segment, but we used to, when you hear like direct to DVD, that kind of has like a negative connotation to it, wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. I don't really have that same connotation with direct to streaming. Do you? I think it's a little more normalized now because for two years it had to be. You know what? That's probably what it is was COVID, but yeah, because there's a lot more of it now. Okay, but so Blue's Clues. Paramount Plus, November 18th. It's called Blue's Big City Adventure. I'm not like, I haven't watched Blue's Clues since I was a baby, but I know franchise-wise, that's huge. Blue's Clues has like a movie now. Like it was just like a green screen kids cartoon from the Mm -hmm. 90s. Yeah. And it's still relevant today. I'm just scrolling back through our- What other news uh, you got? Oh, I got one. Oh, I'm going to steal it from you. I'll I'll let you- Go for it. I'll give you one more second because you're going to be upset as soon as I say it. You have any other news you want to tell the audience? Yeah. I got a whole stream. (laughs) <laughs> Go for it. Okay, I'm not gonna. Okay. I'm not gonna steal yeah. your thunder. James Earl Jones has retired from voicing Vader. Mm. I think that's that... huge in the Star Wars world. Does what be. a legend! Also, when I hear that, I was like, "Why are they still? Like, why were they still making that man work?" Just it was only Obi Wan. It was Obi Wan okay. that brought him out of it. He hasn't done Darth Vader in years. I feel like wow, well, Rogue One. I was gonna say he actually did it in Rogue One. I, I'm wrong yeah. here. Yeah, he's steadily unpaid. Let me see. So I tweeted about. This is a fantasy book series the other day because right now Rings of Power and mm. House of the Dragon is hugely popular. And I used to love this book series called Redwall when I was complaining about it on Twitter. And someone was like, hey, I have really good news for you. Netflix is actually adapting this series and it's going to be headed up by Patrick McHale, who did over the Garden Wall. Yeah, Redwall is a series exciting. about, it's basically like Game of Thrones for a younger audience with woodland creatures. So I'm really Excited to see where that goes. That is great. That's awesome. 
All right. Huh. You haven't said it. I'm going to say the Go news. For it. Go for it. Do you it. know what it is? Yeah. Six seasons in a movie, baby. <laughs> Community. We Years after its death yes. has been resurrected and they are finally getting a movie to Paramount. No. Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, Peacock. Everyone's yeah. got Peacock. Okay. It's NBC. Oh, this. Okay. Yeah. It makes way it's more NBC. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, how dare they? How dare NBC come back to Mr. Dan Harmon after they shunned him to Yahoo, a Yahoo streaming service? I got grapes. Yeah. Me and Evan are huge community yeah. fans. It is like what sparked our creative love for the medium of television in a lot of respects. This is just so exciting for anyone that knows community, anyone that was with the show as it was airing live, the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations. I'm not going to lie. I got very emotional seeing that the movie yeah. had been announced. Yeah. Like it, it blew my mind. How do you, I'm going to ask you some follow-up questions, but yeah. first I got to ask you about a bit of personal news because I see the third dude darting around the back. Oh, she, oh she's gone now. Oh, she, okay. No, you can't. You got yeah. Do you want to tell us about your new friend? Yeah. I just got me and Nikki adopted a new kitten. She is mm -hmm. adorable. She's super loving, very friendly. We really lucked out. She does not hiss. She does not scratch. She is honestly amazing. She is a little bit shy. The very first night we got her, we were like, okay, we'll let her roam the apartment or uh, the condo by herself, get the lay of the land. Oh, she's going crazy back here right now. She's, she's get, let her get the lay of the land and <laughs> let her figure out uh, what she likes and what she's doing. This cat, I wake up the next morning. She's got a little bell on her collar and I'm looking for her. I was like, where did she sneak off to? This cat was up our chimney. And the only way I could, I heard the little bell and I was like, no way, is she in the chimney? And I opened the chimney up a little and I see her tail hanging out the door, the top. And I go to try to grab her and she starts climbing up and up. I'm not kidding. This was huge. We called the fire department. Me and uh, Nikki have a cat food, my flashlight and a broom. And we are trying to poke her. So she, and it, she's meowing and she hates and there's ash falling on me and Nikki and my phone and the food. It was the most wild and crazy experience, but she's all good now and she's super friendly uh -huh. and lovey. And uh, I'm sure she'll make an appearance on the podcast. We're going to get a cat tree actually for like, her. what's her name? Her name is Sadie. She a is name. a, yeah, we kind of got it off of Sadie sink, the actress. So, <laughs> but she is a part Siamese cat and she's just, she's absolutely beautiful. I didn't even know I was a cat guy until I know Evan had a cat in college that I saw maybe once my entire life. And now I'm obsessed with this little kitty here. Rest in peace, Aladdin. We had our differences in no Scary's cat. It was <laughs> Scary's was... cat. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know how far you've gone into being Puppy Cat, but there is an episode where Puppy Cat is like doing the Mission Impossible. <laughs> in a I'm not at that part yet. I need to watch more. It's so good. So it. good. I think that's all I have news-wise, though. Community and I think yeah. the community was not the cat news. <laughs> My follow-up questions, though, on oh, yeah. community story. So everyone's attached to return besides Chevy Chase, fine, Donald Glover. And Yvette Nicole Brown. I get that Donald Glover has other things to do. No, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I understand that. But what is Yvette Nicole Brown doing? Come on. I don't understand how the two of them chase different story. How the two of them wouldn't want to be a part of it in some way. Like even a small way, I feel. I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe I'm romanticizing like i'm hoping like, for a cameo maybe yeah i just it would be such a shame to have everyone besides those three i guess with chase included 
if it was everyone besides Chase, it would feel very complete and well done. Chevy's Chase's character has died off in the show. It Mm. wouldn't, it almost wouldn't make sense to have him more than anything. But I don't know. I'm still hopeful. I know they're not signed on yet, but not giving up hope just yet. Yeah, I'm hoping for a cameo or something. Even uh, Paget Brewster. Um, I would like, oh, yes, I would like Frankie and Keith, whatever. I'm blanking on his name. Who's the season five professor? The guy from Breaking Bad? Any of those. He's a duck and people are interested. (laughs) You know who I didn't see cast announcement about? Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. We could do a, we could just do community inside jokes the whole yeah. time though. That's not gonna fly. I don't want to spend too much time on this story, but a class action lawsuit was filed against Warner Brothers Discovery, claiming it cooked its HBO Max oh. subscriber numbers by as many so as bad. ten million and misled shareholders in other ways. Yikes. We've been ragging on them for several episodes now, so we'll leave it at that. But what are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? I didn't see anything else. I don't know if this is Isla Fisher news, but Now You See Me 3 is in the works. <laughs> Wasn't she in the first one? She was in the first one. I don't, I don't... think she is anymore, though. <laughs> okay. That's scary. I'm so shocked that was her. I don't know why. I literally was <laughs> staring at the character of Mary Jane. How funny is that? Her, your first big role is named Mary Jane. It's just a weed bun. Now You See Me 1 was really good. Now You See Me 2 was just whatever. This week, the Mario trailer is finally dropping. By the time you hear this episode, yeah, should be out. It's a me, Chris Pratt. And so, if you do follow Two Dudes on Twitter, there's an account that we have mentioned in the past called Hannah Barbera Screencaps. Yeah, <laughs> and they're they're just posting Google Drive links sometimes, and they are they did post the link to the aforementioned trick or treat Scooby Doo that confirms almost sexuality or catch it on Cartoon Network, you know, legally. Uh, yeah, whatever I works think. best for you. <laughs> think that does it for news that's all i got yeah that's all i got you know if you are looking for more two dudes feel free to check out all of our old episodes we have such oh no this cat is trying to no 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 not on the desk there's a microphone okay so sorry all right if you want more two dudes check out our old episodes on apple spotify we are also on youtube now we have a very extensive back catalog i promise if you enjoyed this episode you will find something else you like also follow us at two dudes watch cartoons on both instagram and tiktok and we are at two dudes watch on twitter and if you are on apple Podcasts, please give us a rate and review it helps people find the podcast and we always appreciate those but i think that's all we have thanks for joining us again and as always, we'll catch you next time. So do